Welcome to this episode of Bob Cooney's VR Deep Dive Podcast. In this series, Bob connects you with some of the leading innovators and thinkers in location-based VR. So from a supply chain standpoint, is there risk around, you know, access or, or do you keep upgrading every year to the new phone when the old ones aren't available anymore? And how do you manage supply chain? Because that's something that a lot of people that watch this are in the manufacturing and solution provider side too and, and struggle yeah. with it. How do you deal with that? That's, you know, an issue that we're actively finding solutions for at the moment. And I did not expect that to be as much of an issue as it has been. But not only is it difficult to find certain models of phones as you go, but there's increasingly difficult, you know, software lockdowns on these phones that make it hard to crack and install your own software on. So I'm reaching out to people at Samsung. I'm trying to find the right people for us to partner with them. It's tricky because the volumes that we're doing right now don't necessarily warrant somebody from their mobile department dropping everything and, and helping us out. I think experientially, you know, what we do is a very sexy product. And I think that, you know, Hopefully they want to be involved with that because it is very different. It shows the power of these devices and what they can do. So I am actively trying to work on that. But at the same time, we're pursuing a path that will let us use not just Samsung phones. We're, we're pursuing a path that will let us use any phone yeah. out there. And that's kind of a, you know something that we're doing to as a safety if that supply chain runs out. Ultimately, you know, if we're getting to the point where we can justify manufacturing our own OEM units, then we would love to do that. And that might actually allow us to, to go down the consumer route to be able to reduce the cost on these devices so that it, it, it's yeah, in the range. Yeah, that's my next question as a consumer product. So there's a lot of, lot of swimming pools out there and a lot of people pay a lot of money for pool toys. I think my question is like, how repeatable is this experience? And, you know, what price point do you think you'd have to hit? And and from an experience standpoint, from a consumer product, what might that be? And is this the right product or is it a different experience? And what are your thoughts there? You know, it's a it's an interesting path. It is a very different company that we would have to build to do that. I think that the advantages is that the market that we'd be after there is kind of a little bit higher than the average VR consumer headset customer. I think pool owners routinely spend money on their pools and this turns their pool into like the ultimate party yeah, trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or or meditation tool or you know there's a range of things that we could offer uh, these customers that turn their pool into something more than just yeah. a place to swim laps i don't exactly know what that price point is i do think the advantage for us there is that once we're able to get the hardware into people's hands that there would be a very interesting subscription model there where, you know, they're subscribing to a monthly subscription of new like content. Peloton. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't spent too much time sort of looking into the economics of what that would be. But, you know, it's, it, it is always something that is in the back of our minds. And I think as we grow as a company, we have to be able to consider that and see can what you the track, options are. Can you track the movement in water? Is there a way to do that? Or because right now I know you're, you know, you've got people basically anchored or tethered. Mm-hmm. Have you played around with tracking and what might that enable if you could? I think the best shot for us is to to use cameras and and to use the the onboard cameras in the headsets to actually do inside out tracking. It's something that we're interested in doing to bring appendages in, in, into the frame so that yeah. you can actually have your hands in front of you in the experience. I 
honestly do think though that the most ideal situation is for you to be tethered because you're not worried at all about running into anything about you know swimming to the edges of the pool and until you've done it you will be shocked at how much you feel like you're moving in a certain direction without actually yeah moving at all yeah cool so where can we do this like if I wanted to get on a plane somewhere, obviously, you know, everybody, I don't know what with all the VR in Munich. I know life is on here somewhere, yeah. man. You're hogging all the VR in Munich. Life. What's going on? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a conference in Munich this week, the AR, AWE, uh, the AWE yeah. Festival. Yeah, Kevin Williams is there. Yeah. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. We're actually offering, there's a special deal going on on Friday where attendees from AWE can go to the water park in Munich to go ride the oh, VR wow. slide. And they will let you do all three experiences for only two euros. There's, I think they're going to be tweeting out a special coupon or something like that. But go to Terma Erding. That is the water park in Munich to ride the VR slide. The thing that they have there that the other installations don't have is a very cool conveyor belt that takes the headsets from the bottom of the slide up to the top of the slide. There's a, a German manufacturer that, that makes conveyors for rafts for water slide rafts and they made a special one just for the size of the headsets so that's just kind of a neat piece of engineering to check out too diver can be checked out at kalahari they they have been our launch partner in the united states so you'd have to go to wisconsin or just to poconos mountains but not at kalahari i was in you, wisconsin it, but yeah in, okay yeah it's, it's Dells, um, right the Dells yeah. are beautiful, man. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting location. And I think self-proclaimed water park capital of America. A deserved title because there are, I think, something like six or seven water parks all within a very small water, area. Yeah. yeah. And what about Poconos? And are they in the Poconos too? They're in the Poconos. And we are working on getting it to Ohio. Okay. That is something I'm working on with Carrie Brandt, yep. who you know, who also uh, said to yeah. say oh, hi today. Cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, the whole team at Kalahari is awesome. And we've just really been thankful for their mm. partnership and, and their willingness to, to try something new. Because honestly, that's that's the biggest roadblock that we've seen is that there's a lot of people who are afraid to take a risk in this industry. As, um, I think especially in the United States, they want to see that it works in other yeah. places first. And so for them to believe in us and, and to have that faith has been yeah. really, we're, really awesome. We're so. in Kalahari. Like, so Kalahari is a massive water park. It's like 200 something thousand mm-hmm. square foot of, of, of attractions. Yeah. Where do they put it? They like in the wading pool or in the, or where is it? Yeah. There's, there's a shallow uh, basketball pool. So they have these like basketball yeah. hoops that Outside. kids usually are shooting. Hoops in. They yeah, also have them okay. inside as well. Yeah. So the one in, in Pennsylvania is by the grotto bar in the back of the park. And I'm not sure what the hours are. I think it's from, there's limited hours. I think it's from maybe like 11 to one or and four to six or something like that. The park website has all the info. Yeah. That, you know, I was just at, in Orlando with the um, director of that water park and he was going around to people telling them that this experience is making more money than our flow rider lessons. It's making more money than our mermaid wow. lessons. I mean, they've been blown away just by how big the appetite for this is. So that was really encouraging to hear. You know, we're, we're working on more deals with different parks in the United States. So it will be in a lot more locations by next year. Cool. And then people can always come to San Francisco and reach out to me directly. And I would be happy to give you a demonstration. If you're really that, that eager to try it, come to San Francisco. Let's set something up and uh, awesome. go for a swim. What's a, so the thing that dawned on me, a lot of people struggle with hygiene 
Now, if you're in a chlorinated pool, do you even think about it? Yeah. So the biggest thing is the mouthpiece on the snorkel. And the mouthpiece is removed for every guest. And each guest gets their own mouthpiece that is then recycled after they're done. Now, when you say recycled, um, does that mean it's like thrown in a bag and they take it out the back and they bring it in the front and they use it again? Or is it boiled? Or is it, <laughs> is it literally like... Well, you have to you have to spin it over your right shoulder three times as well. No, no, I mean they're you know run through like an industrial grade dishwasher, and yeah, they're they're all washed, and and there's a process uh, where basically every night these mouthpieces are are being washed. You know, we want to be an environmentally friendly company uh, since we do care about the oceans, and as much as we can, we don't want to waste plastic. We don't want to waste these resources, so we would much prefer. Just straws, just paper straws. They seem to be very popular with people. So we're just going to go that route. Yeah, we, I mean, you know, I was having a conversation with a park in, in Vegas who wanted to give a single mouthpiece to every single visitor, let them go home with it. And it became kind of a sticking point because, yeah, we, we don't want to dispose of thousands of mouthpieces that are only going to be uh, used once. So we try to push our customers in the direction of doing that. But ultimately, yeah. it's up to them. As far as the mask goes, they are uh, cleaned and anti-fog is put on the lenses because that can sometimes be an issue. The, the lenses can, can fog up after too many uses. Do people um, want to spit in them and like rub the saliva on the mask? You know, I do that for my own personal mask. I haven't seen anybody else try to do that. I think, I think that they know better. But yeah, I, you'd be surprised at how chlorine takes care yeah. of a lot of the issues. Yeah, with totally. The bleach kills so. everything, right? So. So what's next for you guys? Like you got IAPA coming up. And, uh, yeah, IAPA is yep. going to be huge. We, yeah, we've got installations coming online, some more in Europe, some more in Asia, hopefully some cruise ship line partnerships to come next year. We're also pursuing branded activations. There's a lot that brands can do to hold really, really memorable events using our product. We did an event last year with Vodafone who uh, threw a big pool party in Amsterdam and they invited a bunch of media personnel to come and swim with sharks. We want to keep doing more things like that because it's a really great way for brands to put people inside their stories and make everybody have a memorable experience. You know, I would like to have a branded takeover of an entire water park where we install a VR slide, we install a diver, we install diver plus, and we have a, a themed story that is continued through all three products. Just imagine like some sort of comic book figure, you know, that you get to go on these three different journeys yeah. with and, and have a continuous story throughout. Hey, look, and that's going to happen. Like I, I was in Paris, I did at Elucidity. I talked to, I think I talked about this. Um, I wrote about it in the, in my blog, Toyland, where you went from, which was done by Blacklight and, or Backlight, which is a great developer. And you go from like a backpack, you're in a backpack and you have a free roam and then you sit down in a D-box chair and then you're like, you're in a helicopter and then you get out and you do a mission and then you come back and then you're in a Jeep and then you're out again. And so these multimodal experiences, moving from one thing to another, to another, extending the experience and wrapping story around it is the future of all VR experiences, especially in the park. So I'm highly yeah. confident we'll see that in the next, somebody develop that with you guys in the next few years. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the biggest advantage of location-based VR, right, is being able to tell these incredible stories in ways that you just can't yeah. anywhere else. And it, I think no matter what people are saying about the consumer VR industry, it's shocking to see how much love and curiosity there is for virtual reality. 
to the general public who have never encountered yep. VR. You know, because we've spent so much time around it, I think it's easy to not be impressed by a lot of things or to to think that there isn't excitement around VR sometimes. But then when you go to some of these theme parks and you see the way that people are just like blown away by simply peering into a headset for yeah. a couple seconds, you really forget at how many people in the world have not yet yeah. touched VR at all and, and how much growth there still is to be had in this location. It's so true. And, and I'm, I'm probably the most guilty of that. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm part of my job, I think, is to push the envelope on, on continuing to improve and be on the on the bleeding edge of that because once people do it and then they do get exposed to it, their, ex, you know, consumer expectations accelerate quickly once they realize what's possible. Yeah. And the good right. news is we're seeing better and better and better experiences. Like in, you know, two years ago, there was a handful of VR attractions at IAPA that were probably worth what I would consider worth somebody's money. And last year there were a bunch of them and this year it's going to be overwhelming. And, and yeah. so... Even in Paris, we saw that it was like yeah. almost everywhere in almost every booth. Not so yeah. wait till Orlando. I was at an event the other night. Um, I got to go to an event uh, with uh, Fabian Cousteau. He's the grandson of, of Jacques Cousteau. His, um, um, he j- did he just do the documentary with um, Schwarzenegger? Was it, it was um, one of the Cousteaus? Yeah, Game Changers. Was like that? That. And, and yeah, where, where Arnold was narrating it, and he invented used it. it was okay. amazing, amazing yeah. underwater footage. If you haven't sure. watched it, check it out. I need, yeah, I need to. I went to this event and at the last minute, I was like, okay, I'm just going to bring the headset with me just to kind of, if I get a chance to talk to him, I, I'll be able to show him in person what this headset looks like, at least. You know, one of the funny things about our headset is that it actually doesn't, it's not clear unless you're in the water. We use water as part mm-hmm. of the magnification element of the lens. So when you're actually looking at it above water, it, it's kind of blurry. But I thought, you know what, I'll just bring it. And I walked into this very small event and it was like everybody like turned to look and, and look at this bright yellow headset. And they all wanted to hold it up to their faces to take a look around because many of them had never so actually put on a VR toilet headset. So they could actually get it. <laughs> yeah. So what did he think? Um, like, was it, it like, there's gotta be a collaboration there. Cause you want to talk about like really, Watch the documentary. I mean, it'll, you'll see it immediately. Like, there's, there's, they've created this amazing footage that's never been seen before, and it's ridiculously high quality. And being able to deliver that in, like, where you're actually with in it, in a well, oh, that would be amazing. And, and talking about, you know, yeah. trying to create activists, trying to, trying to, right, to spark people to give a fuck about the oceans yep. is what those guys are about. And you, yeah, I mean, he he got it right away, and he was very excited and. You know, I, it, one of the things that kept coming up in conversations was that think of all the people that never will have access to the ocean. All of the people in landlocked countries in the yeah. United States, that, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people that will never go to an ocean and be able to yeah. snorkel with any meaningful, you know, sea life. Yeah, I think immediately there were a lot of light bulbs that went off with a lot of the people that were there that night. I mean, some really great people that work in all different types of ocean conservation in, in that industry. Well, maybe um, he can introduce you and, to Arnold because uh, Arnold cares and I hear he's got a little bit of money put away. So That would be nice. I would love to do an Arnold <laughs> experience. We'll make it exciting, action-packed. We'll put sharks in there if he wants that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So how do people learn more? Please go on our website, ballastvr.com, B-A-L-L-A-S-T-V-R.com. Thanks for posting that link. That's easier. Yeah. And then I'm SP Greenwood on Twitter, Instagram, 
And uh, Instagram is a fun one to follow me on because I post a lot of behind the scenes and travel related cool. stuff as I'm going to these conferences and speaking and stuff. So please get in touch and email me. I'm Steven at ballastvr.com. Would love yeah. to hear from people out there and um, figure out how we can. And tell them you heard people. about it on the deep dive, which is kind of cool because it's about diving in the water. So. Yeah, I think this was meant to be. And uh, I really appreciate, well, I appreciate you, you on, sticking yeah. with me and, and carrying me for the first half of this while I couldn't actually hear half of what you were saying and had to reboot my browser every 10 seconds. So, uh, we just came through in the end, though. It, yeah, it just like. got better. It got better. <laughs> so um, cool. Well, I look forward to seeing you in Orlando and doing this somewhere at some point. We'll get you in the pool yeah, definitely in Orlando. Go. I'll bring you a swimsuit, I will, okay? I, I always have a swimsuit with me. You never know when the thirst okay, is going right, to be good. And um, yeah, I would love to do this in Orlando. Let's make that happen. Beautiful. Awesome. Steven, have a great weekend. I Thanks, see. Bob. I'll see all of you next week, I think. And I'll be in Russia and I've got Lila from One Dome. We had to get reschedule that. And so she'll be giving us kind of a retrospective on what happened and, and some of the challenges of doing augmented reality and location-based entertainment and, and creating more kind of artistic exhibits and stuff. So I think it'll be a good one. I think we're going to learn a lot. We learn more from our failures and our successes. So, And so uh, stay tuned next week. I'll see you from Moscow. Peace out. Thanks, Stephen. Take care. Bye. That's the end of this interview. We hope you really enjoyed it. There's plenty more resources on Bob's website, which is www.bobcooney.com, or you can find us on all the usual podcast places. We look forward to seeing you again.